I'm Pat Hyben, and over the past 25 years, I've sold over 7,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in volume. In 2010, I sold my team business to my top agent and went on book tour promoting my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. That book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. Now I live off the passive income streams from the real estate I bought with commissions I earned as a full-time agent. And I am committed to giving back to the real estate industry as so many mentors of mine have given back to me. On this show, we'll interview the world's best agents, brokers, coaches, and investors to help you make more commissions and create the life you deserve. Attention real estate agents who want to win more listings. Want to discover the secrets of how to create wealth and freedom by embracing the listing life without the pain of getting rejected by sellers and losing listings to more experienced agents? If so, then join me on a very special free webinar event titled How to Beat Experienced and Egotistical Listing Agents Without Commission Cutting and Overpricing. On this training, you'll discover the answers every real estate agent needs to know to instantly win more listings, including the six most widely used scripts to get a seller to sign the listing paperwork, the three success hacks to combat an agent with a huge track record of success, and the four easiest statements that instantly get sellers to pay higher commissions. These three things and so, so much more. So if you're serious about wanting to win more listings without getting rejected by sellers and losing listings to more experienced agents, register now for this special event that will show you exactly how to create wealth and freedom by embracing the listing life. Register now at hybendigital.com backslash listing or by texting the word listing to 444-999. That's listing to 444-999. And make sure to stick around for the huge game-changing offer that you won't receive anywhere else. That's listing to 444-999 or online at hybendigital.com backslash listing. See you there. Okay, Rockstar Nation, I have a very, very, very good guest today that if you are thinking about building a team or you have a team, you need to know about this guy and you need to listen to everything he says and take detailed notes. Uh, Several of our guests use him and his company and every time his name gets mentioned, I'm like, wow, I need to get this guy on the show. So I was lucky enough to fit into get to his schedule today from Greensboro, North Carolina. I got Mr. John Pike on the line, and we're going to get into all things real estate, team building, and hiring, firing, that sort of thing, because he is a renowned expert. That is all he does. If you're an accountant and you call him and you say, 
you know, I need to hire five people. He will not take you. He only deals with real estate agents and only helps real estate agents who need to build teams, which is a, a huge uh, amount of the population out there. So without further ado and without giving too much away, John Pike, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Pleasure. Thank you for, for having me as your guest. Hey, John, why don't you give a little bio on yourself so everybody can get to know you better? Sure. One of the things I always like to lead with is that uh, my father was the number one most decorated sales executive at the Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. All right. Okay. So why I'm bringing that up is that at the age of 14, I was actually doing role plays with my dad's team, you know, and had an incredible opportunity to learn from an absolute master salesperson who had an un unbelievable career in pharmaceutical sales. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, I've seen real estate agents post expired scripting and things like that uh, with their 12-year-old daughter online, and I always think it's funny. I think that there, was a, there was a contest going between a bunch of our guests at one point. There was like five of them that were putting their kids up there reciting FISBO and expired scripts. It's like absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So that, that's really cool. Okay, so you, you got sales in your blood. Absolutely. And so um, at a very young age, I was actually the youngest person ever hired at the, the largest, one of the largest sales training companies in the world. And at one point, 427 of the Fortune 500 trusted this one sales training company for all their sales training needs. And even though I was uh, having a promising career with them in my first year, I sold more than anyone in the history of the company as a rookie. What I learned was actually quite astonishing and disheartening. What I found out actually, Pat, was that the training really didn't work. There was no direct causal link between the training and an increase in sales. So what ended up happening is that the high performers continue to be high performers and the low performers continue to be low performers. So if you think about it, in an economic downturn, one of the very first things senior executives appropriately cut is sales training because they know deep down it doesn't work. Wow. You know, that's, in, that's interesting, being that I run kind of a sales training company, right? And I was thinking about this yesterday because we all know that there's a, you know, winter is coming uh, in the real estate sales environment. And I was thinking, I wonder if more people are going to want sales training or less people. And I remember in 2008 when the market uh, started to crash, I remember Floyd Wickman's office come, calling me and I and I signed up for, he had this thing, I forget, I think it was a smart sales training program. It was like an offshoot of sweat hogs. And anyways, to make a long story short, we bought that and we did it because we were trying to, you know, dish water out of the boat and create more sales. But then you're right. A couple of years later, we weren't spending much money at all on sales training anymore. So, so I get your point that basically, you know, you're saying don't teach a horse how to climb a tree hire a squirrel. You're absolutely right. So to that point, what I figured out, you know, basically and after that, I actually resigned after my second year working with this company. And I went in this personal quest to try to figure out, well, why is it that 20% of the salespeople in almost every industry sell 80% of the total revenue and they do it consistently? And they also do it with less effort. Now in real estate, you know, it's 5% sell 95%, right? Yeah. And Less, you know, only 5% are selling $5 million or more. Now, most of the people that I'm actually recommending for hire are selling $5 million or more in their very first year as an unlicensed person because the key differentiator 
is they have what I call the sales DNA. Wow. The sales DNA. Well, listen, buddy, we need to find out right now immediately. We're going to we're going to bogart all the other questions that I have written down for you, and I, I need to get on this sales DNA. So tell me what the sales, what the what the numbers and the letters and the little the the little diagram or squares or whatever you see in a DNA molecule uh, drawing. What what does that look like for the real estate? That five percent that that's going to succeed in real estate. Great question. First of all, I'm going to start with an incredibly bold claim. Because what the sales DNA constitutes, it's based on science and statistics. In other words, it's highly, highly reliable. There's not one client I work with where I have not been able to quadruple their hiring success rate. So let's drill into this a little bit more. Okay. So, you know, the disc profile and other personality instruments are very common. They're very prevalent. Okay. And it's a good starting point. But I have some very discouraging news for those people that are using disc profiles or any other type of personality assessment. Mm, and, it, you tell. And, and it's this. After 100 years of research, they have found that using a, a personality instrument to help with hiring is only slightly or marginally better than just looking at a person's resume alone. Really? Now, that's actually scary. Now, let me talk about the reason why. Now, Gary Keller put it best in his book entitled The One Thing. He saves the absolute best content for the very last chapter at the very end of the book. He says that success is an inside job. He couldn't be more right. Now, I want you to think about the interview process or when you're meeting face-to-face -face someone, I want you to think about that sort of like as an iceberg. The only thing that you can see the tip of the iceberg is 12% above the surface, which is their personality, their level of intensity, how amiable they are, how yeah. friendly. Oh, good. In that hour that you're meeting with them. Correct. Now, it doesn't matter if you meet with them for 100 hours, you're still not going to be able to get at the sales DNA, which is why you need something that goes a lot deeper. Now, yeah. things. so what we're able to provide is we're able to get gain access and provide advanced insight into things that are invisible, intangibles, things like persistence, drive, initiative, self-confidence, the ability to handle rejection, the ability to quickly and easily build trust and rapport and develop an emotional connection. Those things are not skills, they're innate talents. So what I have learned, the biggest breakthrough that I have learned in my 30 years in sales is that Consistent high performance in sales is a unique blend or combination of the ideal personality style. That's the least important. Okay. <laughs> Mo motivation. Do they have the right motivation? And then okay. innate so talents. Why? Yes. Innate talents. Yes. Yeah, where their genius lies, what they're just naturally good at. Okay. So, you know, that's great. And I love those adjectives and I love those words, but without telling us what those things are, they're just cliches. So can you give us, can you dig deeper? Like specifically, I'm a guy, I'm in Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh -huh. I'm looking to hire my first agent. Right. Give me some exact things to do, things to look for that I can utilize today. Okay, if you are not utilizing an assessment to determine a person's, the intensity of their motivation, one of the things that you absolutely must try to determine is what is the strength of their financial motivation? So the document that we provide, okay, what it does, it gives us 70 pages of data. 
And I can tell you after having done tens of thousands of these, the single most important criteria that is linked to consistent success is high economic motivation. Okay. So, okay. So let me stop you there because I want this to sink in. Right. So is it as easy as saying, how much money do you want to make this year? I think you have to drill down deeper because people can, people can just make that up. People can say whatever they want to say. Okay. So, what, else, so what else can we do? Like, what can we do? What, what are some questions I can ask? Well, I would ask, most people don't include this information on the resume, which is why resumes are so useless, but I would try to get ranking reports and any type of data from prior experience that shows where they place comparatively to their peers, what their percentage above goal was. Again, most salespeople, this is kind of mind boggling. They don't include that kind of information on their resume. Yeah, so yeah. you actually physically have to ask them for Well, let's it. say they've never been in sales, right? I mean, a lot of these people now, a lot of these big teams now, and you know some of them, are, are moving high-performing admin into sales positions and, and taking students and just regular people, you know, waitresses, right. and turning them into successful salespeople. So they lack that. So what then do you ask? Well, I guess, Pat, the main point is this, is that it is exceedingly difficult in an interview, all right, when you're just having some dialogue with somebody to determine whether or not they have the right motivation, the right drive, whether they have the, the innate characteristics like persistence, drive, initiative, and all the other things that are so important, high empathy, okay? You can, can sometimes get an idea in an interview and have a gut instinct about it, but the fact of the matter is, is that most teams have only a 20% success rate hiring consistent top performers, okay? Even if they're using the best questions, competency-based questions, or you know, any type of program to help them with interviewing. So that's really, it's a huge deficit if you're just relying on an interview alone. It's simply not enough. They got to be, they got to be hungry. They definitely I, I, have I, to be hungry. I remember, hungry. and I forget who tells this story, but somebody tells this story about, you know, going into a classroom of middle schoolers and holding out a $50 bill in the front of the room and saying, who wants it? Who wants it? Right. Who wants it? And then none of them, Right. Right. You know, left their seats. And he kept saying it in dead silence while they all sat in their seats. And finally, one kid ran to the front of the room and grabbed it and went back to his seat. And he's like, good job. He's like, you're going to be very successful. And his point was that the majority of people are not hungry. The majority of people are, and greed is a bad word, but I think greed is a, is a good word to explain it. You know, I've, I've certainly, you know, mentored some people and my advice to them is, dude, you need to raise your prices. You're not greedy enough. You're not, you're, you don't believe in profit enough. You're going to lose money or not make enough on this to get yourself excited about this, right? Right. Um, and I think that's what you're saying. They, they really have to believe and want to believe that, that they're going to own the world someday, that they're going to be a millionaire or, or, or make significant income, have nice things. Right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, my next, my second book, which is probably going to come out in the next six to nine months, is entitled Hire Fast, Fire Fast. See, I'm a contrarian. See, this whole aspect of the traditional conventional wisdom of hire slow, fire fast is absolutely the wrong strategy. The reason why people drag their feet and call it selective is because they had such a horrible track record in the past of being able to consistently hire great people. So they think that spending more time with them and being able to ask them more questions and access you know, have more access to them is going to, is going to help their, their odds. It actually doesn't. 
And if you actually are dealing with a rock star, it's going to be offensive to them and they're probably not going to be on the market for the amount of time that it took for you to, you know, to go through all the hoops. So the people that the clients that I work with, the hiring process is incredibly short. And it's that way intentionally because we want to cherry pick the best talent that's on the market at the given time. So, you know, one thing that I would like your listeners to think about is the hiring process itself, the actual interview. Now, I know most you know, broker owners, it's been a while since they've actually been interviewed themselves. But when you think about it, the vast majority of the time, it goes like this. If I'm being interviewed, you would interrogate the dickens out of me for basically 55 minutes if you felt that I was you know, a good candidate. And then almost at the very last minute, you'll say, oh, we've only got five minutes left. How, what questions do you have to ask? Right? Because oh, we're, yeah. tr we're trying to do everything that we can to figure out whether or not this right. person is a good fit. Okay. What should now, we do? What you should do is you should completely do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. Okay. What you should do is you should give them the reins after the small talk. You should say, you know, based on the, how much intelligence and insight we have about you, it's not a matter of if you're going to succeed. It's a matter of how successful you're going to be on our team. So I'd like to open up, you know, have, give you an opportunity to ask some questions. So, so you say this even if you don't, you don't know if you're going to hire them or not. You're just, you're just kind of giving them a boost, an ego, in, you know, rush and throwing them off and really see how quick they are on their feet. Absolutely, because most people, do not, it. most people do not anticipate that you're going to give them, put them in the driver's seat and allow them to ask the questions. Now, it's important, again, how you differentiate yourself is you send an email that basically goes over what your process looks like to give them some preparation or a heads up. And then if, if they don't prepare and ask good questions, you know that's not a good candidate. So, okay, so on the email, do you tell them, you know, this interview is going to be, the majority of it is going to be me answering your questions? You know, what, like what do we say? Can yeah, absolutely. Let me give your uh, listeners an example of what I mean. Um, yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, this is some, one of my clients recently called me. She was over the top excited because a candidate that was very, very good was considering six or seven different other job opportunities. And this email was what did it. This one written email is what did it. Okay, so okay. here's what it says. It says, uh, thank you for your interest in being part of our amazing team. We also appreciate the extra diligence in completing the on online profiles. This allows us to get to know you better. Now listen carefully. Of the hundreds of people who applied, your scores are among the best. Scores that are ideal for consistent top performance in the role. As such, we are keen to meet you in person. Having said that, there is something of even greater importance to us. We desire to collaborate with you to discover if you are the right cultural fit and if you are aligned with our core values. You see, it doesn't do any good if the person's a superstar, right? But they're a, gu a gunslinger and a maverick and they don't have any type of team orientation, okay? So then I go on to say, at the beginning of our meeting, we will provide you with ample time to ask questions for you to determine whether or not we are a great fit for you. So what I'm doing here, Pat, is I'm completely reversing the focus, where the focus is with every other interview that you ever attended, had in your life, it's are you a good fit for us, right? Mm -hmm. I'm saying, totally flipping this around and saying, I'm going to give you ample times at the beginning for you to determine whether or not we are a great fit for you. Here's the next part. When the first meeting goes well, you will also have the opportunity to meet other members of our team, a second meeting, 
We know selecting a new career is very important, is a very important decision, so we provide you with more time to get to know us. So see how I basically yeah. flipped, I yeah, flipped that great. again as well. It's not like out of necessity, we need to meet you a second time to determine whether or not you have any more warts that we didn't see the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because you're going to find the warts, by the way. You know what I mean? The more you talk to somebody, the, the more personal they're going to get. Yes. And, but you can't use everyone as warts, right? That's right. A, you know, people in glass houses can't throw stones. You can't say, you know, I, I don't want to hire them because of this. If you think back, you're like, damn, that, I, did, I did that when I was young too. Or that was how I used to think when I was young. Or, you right. know what I mean? So... So sometimes that's a detriment just to keep trying to find out what's wrong with this person. That's exactly right. Now, this last paragraph is what the feedback was that really got this great person to join the team. We believe life is too short to merely have a J-O-B. Our goal is to provide an exceptional work environment where employees love their jobs. A meaningful, lasting, and fulfilling career is what we desire for all our employees. And then in closing, it just says, we are located at this address. I will be calling you in the next 24 hours to schedule a day and time to meet. If at any point in our process outline above, you have any questions, please do not hesitate to call me at this following number. So they're thinking, they're thinking in their mind, I got this job if I want it, right? Based on that. But in your mind, no, you still, you know, there's still a maybe. Correct. Right? And, and, and then you ask them, okay, what questions? You, you, whether it's BS or not, you say, you know, we've done our due diligence. We've sent our expert stalkers to find you on Facebook and everything and look at you right. and see what you're doing. Again, it could be the truth. It could not be true. And then you say, you know, everything looks great. What questions do you have? And then, so tell me, how do I know? Hire this person or not hire? How do I know if this is going to be a successful, and I'll say salesperson for now, or admin uh, based on what they say? Help me with that. Okay, so here's a, key, here's a key insight or breakthrough. After helping coach, train, and hire over a quarter of a million people, I'm more convinced than ever that a person has to earn the right to be sitting in front of you, okay? So the reason why we cast a large net, okay, and have as many people apply as possible is because we assess everyone with these psychometric tools. If they don't score within the top 10% of the highest performing buyer agent, listing agent, ISAs, transaction coordinator, whatever the position might be. So we're using an ideal benchmark. And if the, the candidates that apply, any, the 90% that don't fall into that 10%, you don't even know about them. You don't have to look at their we resume. We already know that they're good. We already know that they're good. I understand. But what I'm trying to get at is, you know, what should someone listening in Tupelo, Mississippi, listen for when this person is responding or not responding. Give me some like phrases that they may say that says, I, this person I want to hire or phrases they may say that say, nope, she's not for us. You know, it's interesting. Again, I'm not trying to be evasive here, Pat, but I'll, I'll share this, that just because somebody doesn't interview well, doesn't mean that they can't, they do not have the potential to being the number one person on your team. Conversely, even if someone hits it out of the park and they're aligned with you and they say all the right things and there's a lot of affinity and you're feeling great about it, they could be your absolute worst person. So again, it's incredibly difficult to base your hiring decision on what you see 
and in the interview exchange, that's why there is so much, so many misses. So the reason why, again, that the assessment is so important is because even if somebody has no sales experience, they can actually come in and we have an incredible amount of stories of someone, like you said, who's a waitress or who was, was working at a tire station, right? And they come in because they have all these intangibles and all these innate things, right? So let me, let me just put it to you this. We talked a little bit earlier about training. I trained a sales force of about 150 people. Every two weeks, they, start, they heard the same message at the same time, half an hour every two weeks, okay? The top 20 people in the company had an average sales increase of 60%. The remaining 130 was less than 10%. They were exposed to exactly the same thing at the same time. The reason why the top 20 had a 60% increase in sales is because they had higher levels of the sales DNA. So when you train someone that's already predisposed to be able to sell, watch out. What's a toolbox? A toolbox is a box full of tools that you use to build something great. Do you want to build your real estate business into something great, something massively profitable and productive? Well, we've got a toolbox for you. Basically, we've collected all the tools that the rock stars of the past have given to us over the years. And uh, many times these tools come in the form of a checklist. They come in a form of a postcard that they're sending out that's very different and extremely effective. Uh, they come in many different forms, and, and many of you have gone online to the show notes and downloaded these toolboxes. The challenge is you have to go back through each episode to each show notes on the website and download them one by one. Well, I've put them all together, and I've created the Real Estate Rockstar Toolbox, and I'm giving this toolbox away free. Tons of items of utility from many of our past Rockstar guests. All you got to do is go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox that's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or make it easy simply text toolbox to 444-999 that's toolbox to 444-999 use the tools that the rock stars are using to make more and more commissions every day Okay, so John, we get it. You know, they got to be hungry for money, right? They got to be real hungry for money, almost to the point where you would want to call them greedy. They got to have that inner desire. What else should we be looking for? The second most important thing, without question, is, is what I call achievement drive. They, need, they have to have something to prove. Okay, they want to rival and surpass others. Okay, they want recognition. Mm. They enjoy being in the limelight. They're very bold, okay? They do not take a back seat. They are not passive, okay? They have extra energy. Uh, these are the types of things that you want to be clear to notice in an interview, okay? Now, I would kind of draw a line of separation on some of the things that I've said, the difference between a listing agent and a buyer agent because a listing agent is your, typically your high D, a person with a very high sense of urgency. They're very impatient, thrill of the hunt, Get the clothes and move to the next one, okay? You cannot have that personality style working with buyer agents, sitting in the car with, you know, two or three weekends with the same couple, drives them crazy, okay? <laughs> Right, right. It just will not work. They quit. So, exactly. 
So the main thing now, as a matter of scale, high economic drive is two to three times more important than achievement drive in terms of the science behind this and the statistics behind this. However, if someone doesn't mention the fact that they want to be number one or they have a high internal drive to achieve, then you need to ask questions about that to yeah, give them the like, opportunity. At the end of the day, right? It wouldn't be an awesome thing to have a whole team of agents that all want to be number one. I mean, generally, like you said, there's like two out of like 30. Right. right. And so that want to be number one. If all of them wanted to be number one, they're clobbering each other to be number one. What, what a competitive environment that would be. So now with a buyer agent, and this is getting good, with a buyer agent, if they say, I want to be number one, do you put them in the listing agent slot? I wouldn't put them in the listing agent slot right away. I would have them first prove themselves. Mm -hmm. And with a little bit of observation, determine whether or not some people, they have like a moderate D score and they're very versatile, meaning they can handle buyers and sellers at this, mm -hmm. you know, equally, equally yeah. well. Right. However, you've got some people you're trying to find their pulse because they're only a 20 on the D score, right? And yeah. they're never going to have the urgency to go out and do that high volume, high pace, high energy. That's just not, again, in their DNA, no matter what. So... Oftentimes what I advocate is have a person start as a buyer agent. If they do really well and you notice, you know, over time that they have some higher urgency, that would potentially be a great person for a listing agent. Yeah. Another thing that I also recommend, inside sales, the ISA position is a phenomenal position, okay? Because it's a, it's an opportunity to to take a rock star that perhaps needs to have some guaranteed money, right? Prove themselves in an inside sales setting. And then they, you know, they can kind of concurrently work on their license and work their way into an agent position. Yeah, so that, make a lot more. You know, and, eventually, and, eventually they're going to be like, man, if that clown can do it, I can do it too. Because look exactly. how much he's making. So, so let's talk about that then. So you got this ISA person yes. uh, who you think would be a good ISA. Let's just say, you know, they, they're like a DC, right? Which I mm -hmm. imagine is a good ISA. They're good at, at focusing on the computer. They can sit still and they can bang away like a beaver bangs away at a, at a tree in the middle of the night to cut it down. Right. Um, but at the same time, they don't fear rejection. So they're like a DC type of personality. And then you say, you give them opportunity to become an agent. How do you know when that's the right time? So two schools of thought here. Number one, lifetime ISAs. Okay. And number two, people to use as a stepping stone or promotion. Let's talk about both. The, okay. life, the lifetime ISA, they absolutely, absolutely must be a moderate to a high S or they will not stay long-term, period, okay, end of story. Let's slow that down. A moderate to a high S, really? Or they, yeah, because they're just going to want to become agents, right? Absolutely. absolutely. Okay, so if you want them to stick, you got to have some moderate to high S. Okay, I agree with that. That's good. Absolutely critical because they're looking for stability, security, predictability. They want the same thing day in and day out. Okay. Now, the people that you want to fast track and use it as a stepping stone to, to become an agent, most of the time they are not going to have a high S. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're probably going to have a higher economic drive and motivation as well as, you know, a healthy D score as well. So, you know, you right. can. They got an up. Because if they have too much of an S, they're going to they're gonna internalize the rejection, you know what I mean? And then they're mm -hmm. going to hate their job. Exactly. 
So, okay, so now let's talk about, you know, the staff people, right? The team mm-hmm. people, which are, in, and we've had several interviews recently where people are taking their teams, all staff, all salary, all bonuses, and it's working phenomenally for them profit-wise, and everybody's real happy. So talk to me about that. Like, how do you, what do you look for, and how do you help somebody hire this Beyond, I guess let's go beyond the SC because that's almost a cliche now. Everybody knows you, you know, when you're hiring your, your staff people, you want to go SC or CS if it's an accountant, that sort of thing. Right. But uh, give, take us to a, a higher level of that. What else can, what other advice can you give us? Sure. So it really depends on the position. So let me give you an example. I had a person today, they're looking for a closing coordinator. Okay. One of the key things about that is that, um, or transaction coordinator is that this person was was also highly economically motivated and a phenomenal set of profiles. So here's the key: that person would not last in that position if there wasn't both a salary and a variable component, a performance-based pay structure. You put a performance-based pay structure on someone that's great that has you know also a healthy uh, monetary need, then that person is going to be really happy. So you know how to create the ideal work environment. Okay. Yeah, if you think about it, real estate is pretty much one of the only industries that's 100% commission that's not. Even car sales, you know, they get paid a base salary or a draw. Mm-hmm. And so real estate's really this anomaly when it comes to compensation. And I, I see a turn in that. And it may make a lot of sense because some people you may be missing out on because you're throwing them into a 100% environment too fast, right? right. They, they could be phenomenal people, right. right? But if you're saying, hey, I'm going to pay you a salary plus bonus, you might catch a fish that you might normally not catch. Right. So here's the key with that, Pat. All salespeople are not created equal, as we know. So therefore, they shouldn't all be treated uh, the same. Mm. Now, yeah. let me, let's talk about that for a minute. So from a compensation point of view, you see somebody that's got a pedigree of incredible success, they interview incredibly well. They're showing everything in the interview except for the motivation, the drive. They connect really well. They listen. They ask good questions, etc. But maybe, maybe something happened catastrophic and their financials are such that they can't afford to take on a straight commission position. Yep. As a business yeah. owner, all quite day. Quite possible. Yeah, quite all possible. All day, every day, I would make the decision to give that person some type of a guarantee for the first three months. And then, you know, of course, I would monitor it. But knowing that I, the chances of success for that person are incredibly high. I had an interview myself recently, and that was a, a similar case. She had declared bankruptcy for personal reasons, and she couldn't afford to go on a 100% gig. I wanted to bring her on as like a partner, helping me do some things. And, uh, and yeah, you're right. And, and I think that uh, if you throw that out there, it attracts some people. I know that uh, Chantel Ray from Chantel Ray Real Estate Group in Virginia Beach, right. we, we've done a course with her. She's been on the show several times. I mean, she guarantees $75,000 salary if they don't make it in commissions. And she gets people to come interview with her and she hires them that aren't going to any of the other real estate companies. Right. Here's another application of that, Pat. This can sometimes really... Uh cause some hard feelings within a company, but in my mind, it's worth it. Why would you give your best leads or a lot of leads to mediocre players? Right. You're just throwing your money down the drain. So if someone works hard, proves themselves, and 
you know, they have earned the right to have preferential treatment. And you better believe I'm going to stack and give them as many leads as I possibly can because I know it's, good, it's, it's a good sound business decision. The return on my investment is going to be a lot higher because they're probably going to close it and close it faster. I agree with that 100%. This is a true story. I was recently at the Charleston, South Carolina airport and I got an Uber and the guy picked me up right away within like two minutes and he said, that was awesome. And I said, what? And he said, there were seven other Ubers in the cell phone lot waiting. And I just got there like a minute ago, he said. And I said, well, how did you beat the other seven Ubers that have been waiting, right? Because that's, the, and this is my socialist mentality. Right. It's not fair. Right. He's like, no, my scores are better than theirs. Ah. And he says, with Uber, if you have the highest score of the other people in the queue, they do have a queue. Like when you go to the airport, they have a queue. The technology with Uber is they'll move you to the front of the queue. Right. So he was immediately met. And the other people waiting there were pissed, but it was their own fault because they got bad reviews or not as good as him. So it's, it's the same thing, right? Absolutely. That's a great, a great example. Yeah, and it, it only makes sense. And then you're, then you're helping out your people and, and your people are happy and your top producers stay because, you know, at any given time you ask a top agent, you know, what would be a disaster? You know, your four bottom people leave or your one top people leave. It's going to be their one top people would be a huge disaster. Mm -hmm. You know, you talked about earlier about how – you didn't put it, kind of put it this way, but success breeds success. If you have a, a, a whole group of people that are all rock stars – they all challenge together. They kind of all raising the bar together. I once had a client that was so excited about, about hiring. We hired one ISA that was incredible, right? And then the, he hired another one against my advice who was mediocre. So guess what happened? The performance of the star came down to match the level of the guy that was mediocre. And he yeah. learned his lesson. And what ended up happening when he actually got rid of the person that had no business being in the role in the first place? The guy who was a star just ascended his numbers and his performance through the roof because the other guy was a drag. Yeah. No, I believe that, especially if there's only two of them. I mean, you're, you know, you're as good as, you're, as the people around you. And if the people you're surrounded with are massive go-getters. I, I remember I had a, when I was, I first found this out when I was like 20 years old, I got a sales position. And all the other salespeople were like use certain language and were always like alert and never slept and were just like, you know, they fit this persona. And a month into it, I was using the same words. I remember uh, we were all talking to some girls and they were like, all you guys sound the same. All you guys act the same. And so it's so true. You know, within a short period of time, you'll rise or a employee will rise to the level of the best performer. That's awesome. Well, listen, John, this has been great. Now, what I'm going to do is you're going to give us, we ask all our guests to give a, a free gift that we put in our toolbox, in our agent toolbox that any agent can get by going to the show notes, which I'm, I'm going to just put the show notes at hybendigital.com backslash John Pike, and it's P-Y-K-E, right? Yes, that's right. Okay. So if you go to hybendigital.com, J-O-H-N, Pike, we're going to put we're going to put the toolbox there and you guys can go in the toolbox you can get all kinds of free gifts that people from the past have left here in addition you're going to get John's book tell me about this book that you're going to give for us for the toolbox 
Sure. The, the book really is a combination of some of the best practices of the clients that I've worked with over the last five years. And it's entitled How the Top 1% of Realtors Build World-Class Teams. So things like onboarding. How do you onboard someone to increase productivity and retention by as much as 70%? Yeah. I mean, I know some people have video courses that they make them watch, but that's a huge amount of money, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, that's, uh, that's something that I think will, will resonate with a lot of people. It's got a lot of tips and, and things, uh, some, some examples of some of the peers who have been very successful. Awesome, buddy. Well, John, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time and good luck to you in future endeavors. And maybe uh, I'll reach out to you in the future and get you to help me hire some people. That would be great. Thanks very much. Been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We are so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also... Don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate agent's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. With an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to pathyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face-to-face someday, but in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening, and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.